Your move, creep. Wish me luck, Bruiser. You both in Coco. Dino DNA. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's right, Lord! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Retrograde Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about older movies. We talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George. However, we will not be doing that this week. No, we are breaking the rules. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we like to kind of throw out a new type of episode on special occasions we last year for new year's we did an episode where we were talking about the release strategy that warner brothers studios was going to push for 2021 which was day to date meaning their movies would be released in theaters and on their new streaming service hbo max at the same time so last year we had dylan we talked about that to a certain extent this year we are changing that up again yes this year we're going to be talking about movies that were released in 2021 because 2021 and 2020 were kind of weird years for movies let's be honest and in 2021 some movies i was able to watch in theaters and some movies i was able to watch at home on streaming and it's good to like we talk about movies in the past and how they affect us but like what do movies coming out today look like (laughs) no segue into this no 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 it's it's a good point. I mean, there were so many there are so many movies coming out now nowadays. It's like every week you have a big star coming out in a new movie, whether independent or big blockbuster or big studio films. Mm-hmm. And because we're still in the pandemic, theaters slowly came came back to opening night. You know, they they were opening again. And we just kind of want to talk about our experiences watching movies in theaters again, streaming some movies at home, kind of what that was like. And overall, just talk about the films that came out. There's so many and there are some cool ones that I don't think people are going to give a shot, uh, give a shot to. So I'm like, let's talk about our general experiences and kind of what movies people should and should probably stay away from. Yeah, because, you know, we have different tastes than people like we did study films and we do love movies. So Theoretically, our tastes should be like pretty good, but you know, taste is subjective. And I, there's stuff that I like that George doesn't like. There's stuff that George likes that I don't like. It's it's kind of a, a spectrum, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so when we say I like this movie, we'll, we'll differentiate between this is a good movie versus I like this movie versus this is a bad movie versus I don't like this movie. I'm ready to talk about all of them. Um, so yes, we'll talk about as many as we can as quickly as we can without giving away any spoilers. Yeah, which is going to be difficult towards December because you had yes. Spider-Man and you had Matrix Resurrection. So we'll we'll figure out how to talk about those when we get there. Yes. So this is think of this as like a hmm, what came out in 2021? What does Retrograde Podcast think of the movies that came out in 2021? If you're looking for a movie, a new movie to watch that just came out. This is the episode for you. And we're going to go through this list chronologically. So for me, one of the first films that I saw back in theaters was F9. Let's get to work. Please tell me that's not a Pontiac Fiero strapped to a rocket engine. Impressive. I know. No. No, that's that's not impressive. Uh, F9. Fast and the Furious 9. 
Fast and the Furious Nine. You did you have did you get to see it, Austin? No, I did not see this. Movie. But you you've not you haven't been crazy about the franchise. No, I have not been crazy. But I know people who love these movies. Yeah, they I I love them. I think they're great. I've seen all of them multiple times. I have my own list, my own ranking of the movies. I really like them. I enjoy them. This is like when Scorsese was talking about movies being like theme park rides and comparing them to like Marvel films, like comparing Marvel films to like theme park rides. Um, I see where he's coming from. I don't totally agree with him. Uh, Marvel films, you know, for how copy and paste some of them might feel, they do have some pretty good storytelling techniques in them. People are drawn to the main characters of those movies. When I think of what he said, I usually go to Fast and the Furious. The Fast and Furious films are theme park rides. Literally. <laughs> yes, they are. Like, Universal Studios has rides based on these movies. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't... I don't understand how or the mentality that everything has to be a certain particular way. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like with food. There's all different types of food. There's the, you know, French cuisine, five Michelin stars or whatever. And then you have McDonald's. And I just think it's silly if you're like avoiding the other just because, oh, it's too stupid or that's too fancy schmancy. It's like, this is life, dude. Just... Try to enjoy it as much as you can and just make your own opinion. And that's how I feel about Fast and Furious films. Are they outstanding pieces <laughs> of cinema that tell amazing, beautiful stories about the human condition? Not particularly, but are they fun and incredible to watch? Yes. And you can't help but appreciate the mastery that the crew went went through to try to make this stuff come to life. Like... All the stunts, all the special effects, the visual effects. Like, there's so much hard work that goes into these movies that when I watch them, I can't help but appreciate all the work that they do. Fast Five still has one of the best car chases I think I've ever seen, which is the one where they're where uh, where they're pulling the the vault through the city, <laughs> and it's incredible. It's I don't know how you can't see that and think, oh, that's bullshit. Okay, yeah, but who cares? Like, it looks awesome. So. Mm. I look if you're into these movies and if you're into blockbuster action films, I recommend it. It's awesome. If you're not into it and if you're like Scorsese, then yeah, skip it. All right. Um, the first thing I have on my list is a movie called American Skin. Ooh! Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. This is my little boy. You took that from me. The world took that from me. Today we make that right. Uh, I think you did see it, right? I did. Yeah, I saw it twice. See, I I saw it and I I don't I did not like it. I did not like it at all. I do appreciate because um, the movie is about a a father who takes like a police precinct hostage because they killed his son, who was unarmed at a, like a traffic stop, and the police got off. So he's holding them hostage and he's making like his own trial. But, you know, it's like, okay, it's an interesting idea. It's very topical. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that it was written, directed and starring, what's his Nate Parker? Nate Parker. It's a very controversial figure. Yes, <laughs> he was. He was accused of rape. Uh, he was. Yes. I don't I don't know if he was accused of rape directly, but he. I think maybe allowed it to happen. 
No, 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 no. I think he was acute. Like, I think he did it. it. It becomes kind of a problem when you put yourself in this role where you're like just like undeniably on the right side. It's it's almost like you're you're trying to clear your image, you know? So real quick. In 1999, while a sophomore at Penn State University, Parker and his roommate and wrestling teammate, Sean Celestine, were accused of raping a female fellow student. The accuser stated that Parker and Celestine raped her while she was intoxicated and unconscious, and that she was unsure of how many people had been involved. Local authorities taped a phone conversation between her and Parker, in which Parker confirmed that it was he and Celestine who had raped her. So that's so the... she was accusing him. Yes. Okay. Um, Sorry, but continue. Yes. Um, so it it kind of feels like you're trying. He was never convicted of rape, though. I believe his his friend was right. He uh, Celestine was convicted of sexual assault and received a six month, six month to one year prison sentence in 2001, later raised to two to four years per state sentencing guidelines. His conviction would later be overturned on appeal of a, by a high court. But Nate Parker never went to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it whether and the, the woman did kill commit suicide she correct? did in 2012 okay so it was a bit lot uh further back than yeah. i remember but it's it feels like this is his way of winning over the court of public opinion yes by putting himself on the, on the side of he's just undeniably yeah this guy's right this this guy this character that he's playing is on the right side i sympathize with this character it just feels it kind of takes me out of the movie and on top of that, the dialogue feels very like straw manny. Like, yeah, I I agree. I I think the police should be held accountable for this, but this this feels like you're trying to manipulate people into thinking you're the good guy. Yeah, I so that's um, yeah. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you because I saw this movie and I liked American Skin. Um, I know it's very on the nose, but sometimes subtlety just has to go out the fucking window. This is a movie. This mm-hmm. is a piece of art. Like you could do whatever you want. And I know art snobs are going to say, well, the lack of subtlety. It's like, no, fuck that. Some images are very blatant and they last for decades, for centuries because of just how strong they are as an image. Sometimes it sometimes you don't have to be subtle. Sometimes you can. It depends. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed the movie and the crowd that I saw it with, they were very receptive to the movie, Mm -hmm. but I agree with you a hundred percent. It's very John Q esque, right? Yes. It's I, I, but I think John Q does it better. Yes. I think. No, no, it it does. John Q is a better film, but I mean, you have to kind of think about the role that Denzel Washington had in that movie because he was still a defiant person who went to some outrageous, uh, lengths to get justice right this is even further than that and you have to know that nate parker a rapist is in that same position it does mess with the act my interpretation of the film you know sometimes you could separate art from the artist but in this one it just felt so much like he's like see no i'm a good guy see see i'm making a movie about police uh hurting my people and i'm trying to do the right thing and it's like okay i see what you're doing intentionally <laughs> yeah I, I see and i also see the other thing that you're doing you're trying to come across as a, gr- a good guy so we could all forget about what you did in 1999 so don't yeah don't, no no no. i i agree 100 percent uh it's a tough yeah it's a tough movie to talk about we could spend an entire mm-hmm. episode on just 
that movie alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're we're trying to get through these. So yeah. it, it's similar to John Q. And if that topic sounds interesting to you, then I guess, yeah, go watch the movie. And it is about things that are happening today. And it, is, it is very relevant. Yeah, go check it out. But also, I encourage you to read up more on Nate Parker and kind of everything that happened. I didn't know that she had killed herself in 2012. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, I encourage you guys to look into Nate Parker as well. Don't don't mm-hmm. turn a blind eye to that kind of thing. Yeah, hold hold artists to maybe a higher standard. I think would be a good thing to do absolutely. in the upcoming years. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, what's the next movie that you had on your list? Well, I know that we, you and I, both watched this because we saw it together. Black Widow. Black Widow. <laughs> wow, what a one eighty oh, wow. from American skin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Black Widow. Jesus. Christ. Yeah, no, uh, Black I, Widow. I, was that was that really in February? Oh, I well, I didn't see. I don't think I saw a movie in February. So this is just like chronological in my list. Oh wow! I feel like we saw movies before that. We definitely saw movies before that, dude. No, which one? Oh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Okay, Black Widow is later than. Sorry. I... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I also saw this movie called Penguin Bloom. Have you heard of it? Oh no, I haven't. You seem a bit nervous. I'm in a wheelchair. Wouldn't you rather be in a kayak? What if something awful happens? Oh, don't talk in what if. We live our yeah, life. It's on Netflix. It's with Naomi Watts. She she's a woman who gets paralyzed and and, and has to kind of like continue living. Oh. And in re in her re- rehabilitation, she's living with this family, and the family kind of adopts like this bird. Uh, it's not a penguin, but they call it a penguin. I forget the species of the bird who's who also needs to be physically rehabilitated. It's it's kind of a bittersweet kind of movie. It's it's not really happy, but it is hopeful. Um, okay. And I I thought it was pretty good. I thought it's it's similar to like I would say I guess Million Dollar Baby, but the ending is not as dark. Oh, that sounds kind uh, of it's, hopeful. It's hopeful. Yeah. What, what's the movie called? Penguin Bloom. Oh, I want to check it out now. I believe it is based on a on a real life events too. It might be based off of a book. Uh, I thought it was that was good. It's it's hopeful. I'll okay. say that much. And it, I feel like it goes into like a real place, you know, because I think sometimes we see movies about people who get handicapped and you know they just have to to stick, be positive and power through. But like that's easy for you to say. You got two working legs, you know. Well, recovery is is a journey in itself, and it's not always the easiest one. So when you have a film that highlights it in a genuine way, it just comes across as yeah. a lot more earnest and hopeful it's, at the end. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that um, that Boston bomber, uh, the Boston Marathon runner who got par- uh, paralyzed. Stronger with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, it, it's similar to that, I think. It goes into like real places, so I, I like that one. And then I saw a movie called Breaking News in Yuba County. A weekend of chaos and loss. Can you uh, not kill my vibe? It's a good day. Don't you think it's a good day? No. I haven't seen that. It's a huge ensemble cast. And it on paper, it sounds like this movie's awesome. You have Allison Janney, who plays like a housewife who's overlooked and underappreciated, suddenly finds herself with a lot of money. Um, and there's people that want it back. You have like Aquafina in there. You have um, Wanda Sykes, uh, Mila Kunis. Oh, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Yes, Regina Hall is in it too. And I, 
I like all these people. I think their performances are are fine. It's just kind of it's not as funny as you would as I thought it would be. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Coen Brothers type movie where you have an ensemble cast and the dialogue they're they're, they're very witty characters, but yeah. it, it it just didn't make me laugh. Really? And I didn't like it. <laughs> oh no. I wanted to like it too. And I heard people say that it wasn't that good and I'm like Psh. How could it not be good? And I watched it, I'm like, hmm. I see what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, I, I love Alice and Janney, and I love Aquafina and all these all the women in the movie. So. Well, all these comedic actresses, because you have yeah. Mila Kunis, Regina Hall, Alice and Janney, and Wanda Sykes, uh, Aquafina. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a female ensemble cast already. Like, you could yes. put them in an Oceans movie, and it would be great. I think they did, right? Didn't Aquafina? Wasn't well, Aquafina in was in it, but <laughs> none of the other women were. But I mean, you could put the other women in there, and it'd be great. You could, you could, you could do the whole cast again, and I would watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this this looks pretty cool, but it has an eleven yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't go into it the right way. I don't know, but it's it's a dark comedy. So if you like the cast and you like dark comedies. Go check out Breaking News in Yuba County. I didn't like it, but maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like if it? I was listening to this podcast and I heard someone talk about it, I would be like, that guy's an idiot. I'm going to go watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was the next film you saw? Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, I saw that too. Okay. Damn. My, my list is empty. What? Ha- Damn. My app is fucking up, dude. Who bows to who? Nobody go stop for me. Bows to no one. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I've been a huge Godzilla fan since I was a child. I liked this movie, <laughs> but oh. there I did have some problems with it. Did you see this? I did. I saw it at a special screening. It was oh, one of those see, things. I, I had to see it at home. Oh, no, I, my friend's brother rented out a theater at, uh, like a Regal or AMC. It was a fine movie. I mean, I forgot that I watched it. So, I mean, (laughs) look, okay. I don't, it's not a bad movie. I think it's fine. Uh, I was never into Kaiju, like outside of Pacific Rim, but like Godzilla and Kong. I like a few movies from each respective franchises, but I'm just not crazy about it. And I think I walked out positive. Mm. Like, I, I love I have a, a childhood attachment to Godzilla and uh, my girlfriend does as well. So we were like both in that movie and we're like, oh, shit, it's it's it looks so good. It's we've come a long way from people walking around on sets with miniatures. Oh, that uh, that's the thing. I mean, if you're going to watch a movie in theaters, it's that one, because, again, you compare this to the first Godzilla film, how far we've come on just mm-hmm. on filmmaking technology it looks amazing yeah it looks incredible yeah. there was no moment where i was like oh that looks fake oh that's what no yeah. they put money in and it looks good especially and- kong because kong in the final fight is like he is jumping between buildings and like he feels like a character yeah and just how they all feel like characters they do and how like how each just physically moves on screen and stuff it, it is mm-hmm. something to see in theaters definitely and i i think in the previous version i think godzilla king of monsters mm-hmm. i think i did like those like action sequences but the human stuff really like bothered me i felt like it wasn't as well 
written characters i didn't really feel attached to the characters very much in this one i didn't really like the characters very much but they weren't in it as much if that makes sense no no i yeah no i had the same thing too i wasn't crazy about the human drama and this movie had less of it so it was awesome because it just because <laughs> yeah. it was focusing I, on I, the monsters on the creature yeah yeah which is I if did... i'm going to see a godzilla film i want to see godzilla i don't want to see the humans yes i did like i think out of the all of the new godzilla movies the first one is the best one i do like that character's story and i do like the characters in skull island king kong movie mm. but after that one i feel like it just wasn't i wasn't caring about these new characters as much and there's a character in this movie that i really don't like <laughs> i really don't like this character because they're a conspiracy theorist oh. and their conspiracies are proven right and i feel like i don't like these characters in movies anymore because they are hurting us in the real world and I don't like how Godzilla has gone from a like nuclear. He's the result of of a country going through a nuclear trauma, right? Godzilla came from Japan after the bombs were dropped on them. There's uh, an allegory between his power and nuclear power. It's inseparable from from Godzilla. And as these movies have gone on, we've kind of gotten away from that origin. That's very, I think, critical to Godzilla's character and we've gone into this place that doesn't exist we've gone into hollow earth theory and shit and i'm like ah, i don't like this look humans fall flat but kong and godzilla are pretty great that that's why i recommend it just on them alone but yeah it's still one of those movies that i just don't take seriously it's like yeah it's, it's not a it's not something that it's a theme park ride i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> but it's a theme park ride that's what it is yeah and um, as a theme park ride it's great yeah. And there's a, a if you're a big Godzilla fan, there is a character that makes its appearance in in this movie that I was really excited to see. All right. What's the next film? Next film is Mortal Kombat. Yes. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground. We will not fail. Kill them. I know we have different opinions on this movie. Oh, yes, we do. Well, I I really like this movie. And I think part of it is because I got to see it in the theater that was also really excited to see this movie. Yeah, I think that was the... I think the best part about that movie was seeing you and Dylan again. Um, mm -hmm. I did not like the movie. I thought it was kind of <laughs> lame. I think as an action movie, it kind of fails. I just don't... I Again, look, man, I'm very... I'm a simple-minded person, right? I don't even... I. Honestly, when I'm watching a movie, I don't really really use my head that much. I go just on instinct and feelings. And how I felt after that movie, I was uh, I was a little limp dick about it. I can't put it any other way. I just was not crazy about it. And <laughs> what's weird is my dad watched it too. And he was like the same way. He was like, yeah, I don't like it. It's like, I didn't <laughs> like it at all. And I'm like, okay, so it's not just me then. And he was like. Nah, I, there's a lot of people that didn't like this movie, but I, I, I liked it. <laughs> No, it's... I liked I liked how they they treated the characters. I feel like the previous movies, um, and some characters' uh, ethnicities were just ignored. Uh, you had like a white dude playing Raiden. You had a Latina playing Kitana. Like Kitana's not Latina, guys. No. Um, but in this movie, I I feel like they 
they tried to be more accurate with the characters' ethnicities, which is great. It should be default, but you know. Hey, bonus points for trying. I, I'll give that. I'll give the movie that too. Like it definitely went out of its way to make everyone as uh, accurate to the games as possible, mm-hmm. and inclusion's yeah. always good. So yes, and I liked the the character. The way that we saw the characters fight, they're similar to how they are in the games. And we got to see some like really nasty fatalities. We saw um, one nasty fatality. That's that was ultimately one of my points about this against this movie. It it's R rating, but I've seen other R rated films that weren't Mortal Kombat that went harder. This movie is Mortal Kombat. This was the franchise that that made the whole world lose its goddamn mind in the 90s <laughs> parents thought that their kids were going to become serial killers with this movie and with the amount of violence we got i'm sorry limp dick it was just i've i've seen jason well, Bourne fuck people up more than most of the characters in this movie did uh i i don't think you have i don't think you've seen jason Bourne throw a knife through somebody's face and then no, pull it out but for a pg-13 movie for a pg-13 movie he does some shit to some people he kills a dude with a pen that dude kills himself he doesn't kill him with the pen. And then, oh, I'm not also, I've seen John Wick go harder on some people than these, pe- than oh, these yeah. characters. Well, John Wick's, and that John uh, Wick's stun- human. He's yeah, not John fighting Wick's, in the realm. John Wick's uh, choreography is, is difficult to match, I think. that's yeah. you're, you're dealing with somebody there who's like, who, who learned from the Matrix, all right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, like, yeah, that, that movie does have better fighting. But I do like the fighting in this one. I do like the the references to the the games because I played those games a lot. Um, I do like the there's like a subtle reference that only makes sense if you play the games with your siblings. Yeah, where he Kano keeps getting swept and he's like, "Is that all you know how to do?" It's like, yes. Like, do you know how many times that has been said? That's echoed on different people's Super Nintendos. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the arcades. Oh, it's it's great. It's it was like a little like, okay, this is for you guys. Yeah, that was um, that was a fine joke. Scorpion freezing or Sub-Zero freezing Scorpion's blood and then using it to stab him. That's something you can only see in a Mortal Kombat movie. And no, I, I got it. I, I don't I know. I, I liked it. I was a lot less critical of this movie, partially because it was the first movie I've seen in theaters in a while. And I saw it with people who were ex- vocal about the stuff that they liked. I mean, which I will say, number one, seeing it in theaters is a good experience. And seeing it in a crowd that's very, like, very in it does change the experience as well. I mean, a lot of people say, will say that Avengers Endgame is one of their favorite films because of the crowd that they saw it in. in Oh, yeah. So you ready Mm -hmm. to move on? Let's move on. Yeah. Let's do A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, yes. Yes. A Quiet Place Part 2. The people that are left. Really enjoyable. I don't think it has the same power that the first one does, but it's still, if you really like the first one, you should just go in and watch the second one. It is a continuation of the story. It's not just a, oh, here's another creature that they have. No, it's like, this is the story and this is how they're dealing with it. Go check it out. It's great. There's some pretty cool stuff in it. However, again, I did kind of forget I saw it, so I think that yeah, might... Yeah, I don't... See, I if you're going to make a sequel, I feel like you should expand the world of the, the previous film. You know, it's your chance to kind of explore things that you didn't get to talk about in the first film. And I do think the first film is really, really good. I think it's a cool 
um, like how the monster is representative of the trauma that happens to the family and how the monster's weakness is or how the monsters prey on the family not being able to talk talk about anything make any noise or talk about their trauma so i think that's really cool and in the second one i feel like you're just seeing all right what happens next and i don't really think we go into anywhere that's super interesting or relates to that theme well it's it doesn't explore the theme further um it just kind of puts them in new situations and they kind of have to outthink these creatures even more it's it's definitely not uh i don't think it's a sequel that's better than the first i think a quiet place could live on its own and be a great film on its own uh this one not so much but it does continue that story so if you are a fan of the characters kind of what they've been through then i i think you'll enjoy it i recommend it yeah, it's a it's a fun sequel, I think. Mm-hmm. Like if you like the first one, it'll be nice to see what happens to the the characters. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like a great movie. It's not like a a good sequel. It's like a all right. I guess I'll see a third one. I don't know. All right. Uh next one. Next one. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Oh. He has had a tremendous year. Michael Bryce is the bodyguard of the year. Woo! <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I uh, yeah, I don't like it. it. I like all I like again, I like the cast, but I I don't think it's funny. I just think it's kind of loud and obnoxious and I I, I don't know. I agree. I, I I don't have that many positive things to say about it. It's the same shtick that we've been seeing with some action comedies, you know, like uh, Hollywood's been trying to do the whole buddy cop thing for a while while with action comedy films and I just don't like it and I like the cast I like Samuel L I like Ryan Reynolds I love Salma Hayek and I love how wild Salma Hayek gets in this movie I love it when she curses and she kills people and she I love her doing that I just wish it were in a better film yeah, um, like, so- like the- theoretically I do like that idea of Salma Hayek kicking ass but yeah I don't like it in this movie. No, no, I, I'm not crazy about it either. And it's a shame because I think there was a potential. Um, interesting premise for a sequel, but I just don't. Again, uh, the story isn't engaging. And again, if that's the case, then your action has to be top notch. I'm simple. It- Give me good action <laughs> and there's no good action. So I'm sorry. I didn't even like the first one. I hated that too. <laughs> I didn't watch the first one. And this movie, <laughs> watching the second one does not make me want to go watch the first one yeah there's like one scene where i think has like oh this is really good action there's like a long take with ryan reynolds fighting a guy in a hardware store oh in the first one yeah which is like man where was this movie for the rest of the (laughs) the runtime um but yeah if you like them i guess you can go watch it but i thought it was obnoxious now we are on to black widow black widow black widow before i was an avenger i made mistakes of enemies i enjoyed it i think some people are hating on it a little bit more now now that it's been like uh, a few months mm-hmm. i don't dislike it i think it's fine i think it's a mid-tier mid to low tier not i think it's a mid to low tier <laughs> marvel film like I, I, I don't hate it i don't hate it it's nowhere near the bottom of my list my problem is look natasha is an assassin she's a spy if you're going to make a movie about her, you should have a movie that plays towards her strengths, 
right? Like maybe you should be something closer to like a Metal Gear Solid or like a Splinter Cell. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to go full tinkle, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy espionage, <laughs> but maybe just have something that is a bit more espionage focused. But this movie decided to go the full Marvel route, which... Big action set piece followed by bigger action set piece followed by the, the world is ending unless you do this thing. <laughs> yes. And it's like, look, this is not as big as Endgame. Don't try to compete with Endgame. Tell maybe a more intimate story. Really focus on the family, which they yes. did, thankfully. Yes, did I fo- think the family parts are the best parts of this movie. Yes. Florence Pugh. Oh, my God. Yelena so is perfect. Rachel Wise. I love her. Thank God she's in the Marvel Universe. David, um, which is the... Uh, the guy, the cop from Stranger Things. Yeah, he's in it, and I love him too. Um, the action's the weakest part. Yeah, I I do like the villain and how the the villain has studied all the Avengers, and you'll see that villain use moves from the Avengers. I kind of wish there was more of that in the movie. Yes, but oh, they, that, do they this don't. Whole, they like, barely come in. Yeah, they barely do much. Yeah, because I, I they favor like the big, large scale battles over. The more intimate stuff, which I think was really good. The intimate stuff was my favorite part. Yeah, but there was. A... I don't need the world to be at stake to care about what's happening in the movie. Yeah, and there was a one-on-one fight between Black Widow and Taskmaster that I really enjoyed, and I'm like, you could have definitely sprinkled that a little bit more and use that weight to use that to a bigger extent. Because yeah, Taskmaster can fight like every other Avenger. That's insane. The possibilities it... are endless. And watching the Taskmaster do moves is like, oh, that's like what Captain America does. Oh, that's what what Hawkeye does. That's the Winter Soldier's move. It's it's nice to see if you're like a fan of those movies, yeah. a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would have liked to see more of that. Yeah, I will say uh, something I felt I, the way I felt like 10 years ago. I was like, I don't want a Black Widow film. I don't want a Hawkeye film i don't they're side characters they're b characters i don't care about them i don't want films about them now seeing a black widow film i'm like okay i'm okay with yeah, it yeah i feel like they should have done it earlier i, th- I think yes. of all the original yes. like avengers characters she's the one that's changed the most from the from her first movie now having seen yeah. the film yeah they should have made it sooner yeah i mean i i recommend it if you like marvel films go watch it because it's it's another marvel movie for better or worse mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think for better yeah um my next on my list is one that we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Oh, I forgot about that movie too. Jesus Christ, I forgot so many. Welcome to the Space Jam. I I didn't forget about this movie. This I've been thinking about this movie a lot actually. Um, over the course of the year. It's not a good movie. I'm going to preface this right now. I don't think it's a very good movie, but I did like it. <laughs> I did like all the Warner Brothers. Like it's a Warner Brothers movie, right? It's released on HBO Max. And the villain is is kind of like, wait, isn't this just what Warner Brothers is doing? Did Warner Brothers make themselves the villain in their own, <laughs> in their own movie? And it's been kind of happening throughout the <laughs> year, I think. <laughs> We're trying. We, we've got a lot of movies to talk about. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have to revisit Space Jam and the New Legacy with you because I have a lot of thoughts. But basically, I think this movie's repulsive. <laughs> repulsive. I don't oh like my it. God. <laughs> I think this is one of the worst films that have ever been made. Wow. And I'm not. And I mean that. I'm not just. I'm not trying to be clickbaity. I'm not trying to be needlessly 
I'm not trying to pick a fight. As, as a lot of people know me, I don't like picking fights. I'll, I'll fight about movies, but I don't like <laughs> confrontations. I think this might be one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, worst I don't films blame you've ever seen. I think it's one of the worst films ever. I, I, I think it's horrible. I think, I think it is, it's done more damage than anything, than some of Eddie Murphy's worst films. And I think what Scorsese <laughs> labels Marvel films. I, I mean it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be inflammatory. And look, I, look, I like the original Space Jam. You make it sound like the Space Jam killed your parents, dude. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I watched this movie with Chris, Chris Mins, who we've had on the show. We watched it together. And look, there's no reason why I don't want this movie to succeed. I like the original. I like the original. I think it's fine. So there's no reason for me to feel this way. But watching the movie, the blatant use of of the Warner Brothers logo and everything, like symbolically what this, everything means, I'm just like, this isn't a movie. It's a fucking ad. That's not what movies are for. It's a fucking ad. Why the fuck is Clockworth Orange, the characters, the, the Groods, or I, I don't remember their name. Why are they in the background? The Droogs. The Droogs. I, I'm going to have to cut it short. <laughs> I, I don't recommend this movie. I know I'm in the minority. I know people like this movie. And you're just saying, oh, well, it's for kids. Fine. No, no, no. There's there's parts of it that I'm like, that was not for kids. That was... I, I think this movie is, is fascinating, to be honest. Okay, okay. Like, it is, it is a weird experience. I will say this. I do agree that it's fascinating. And I think it's more fascinating to think about as a cultural piece of art rather than a film. Because if you're actually breaking it down, what this movie means for Warner Brothers, what Warner Brothers was doing this year with day to day, kind of Warner Brothers thinking about using AI, artificial intelligence to decide what films get greenlit. Like this movie, along with all those stories, is really interesting as to where studios are headed. But in terms of filmmaking, this movie's garbage, dude. That's what <laughs> I was saying. Like Martin Scorsese picking on Marvel films. I think you're going you're after the wrong guy, dude. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you talking shit about Space Jam? And again, I don't hate LeBron James. I think he's a he's a great athlete and he's a good actor. I mean, I'm not a good actor, but you know, he, he's trying I mean, his like, best. As term, in terms of like basketball players turned actors, probably one of the better ones. Oh, he's way better than Michael Jordan. Michael, I, mean, yes. I don't even hate. That's what Mike, I said. That's yeah, yeah. I, I don't even hate Michael Jordan. Like, I don't. I th- he's not right. great, but I don't hate him. But LeBron is better. Like in <laughs> in uh, Trainwreck with. Uh, with Amy, Amy Schumer, Schumer, Amy Schumer, and uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, he's pretty good. Yeah, but so like I, I would agree with you there. Like it's more interesting as a cultural piece of art than it is like as a film itself. Yes, like it's more. I think there's a lot you can talk about with Space Jam too, which maybe we will eventually. But yeah, we're trying to keep this shorter. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, look, it's on HBO Max. If you're curious, go watch it. But as a if you good- have sub. Maybe any substances that maybe might alter your state of mind. I would think this is the perfect movie to do that with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't recommend it, but I mean, it is it is a very fascinating piece of art. So <laughs> I, I would go check it out or not yes. art, more of a promotional thing. But all right. Jungle Cruise. Disney's oh. Jungle Cruise. There is a legend in the jungles of the Amazon of a tree that heals all. It could change the world. But if it gets into the wrong hands could awaken a great evil. I believe that the legend is real. Which it's not. And I'm going to find it. Which you want. And when I do, just imagine the lives that could be saved. Yes. I saw this movie, did not like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> did like not, the, I, I like like the I, like I ranked all the movies that I saw this year. Um, and I ranked four movies 
Space Jam 2 is like four movies above Jungle Cruise. That's how much I didn't like Jungle Cruise. Okay, see, I'm the reverse. I put this movie four movies up Space Jam. <laughs> I, I like this movie. I think it's fun. It's um, The Rock is... The Rock has a certain charisma that he will bring to every film. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. I think it worked for me in this one. Uh, I love Emily Blunt and I love her brother in the film. I like both of them. And the movie kind of takes an interesting turn halfway through. It really does kind of pull the carpet underneath you. And it's like, whoa, this is what's happening. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I, it really caught me off guard. You know the twist I'm talking about, right? Yes. There's a moment where you're, you're watching the movie and it, it feels a lot like The Mummy. And then all of a sudden, it feels a lot like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like that switch. It, this is this is a lot closer to The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean, and I like it for that. Is it done incredibly well? Uh, it could be better, but I, I saw this movie at least two or three times. And I think I, same. Yeah, and I don't regret watching the movie that many times. I don't think I'm going to watch it more times, but I wouldn't mind if we had a movie night with it, and it's, someone was like, hey, let's watch Jungle Cruise. I'd be like, I'm cool with that. I recommend it. It's, it's cool. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend watching The Mummy or Parts of the Caribbean over this movie. I will agree there. I do like I, I do like I, I, this is the thing about taste, right? Because you, you liked The Rock and Emily Blunt in this movie. Yeah. I like them individually, but together I did not really buy into their chemistry. I, I don't know. <laughs> there is something about The Rock being in romantic relationships that is a little odd. I don't know. It's just it's, know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, for a movie that I saw that I really enjoyed was Pig with Nicolas Cage. Pig. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone star. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. Nice. Remarkable. I did not see this one. It might be one of my favorites of the year remarkable piece wow. of uh, re remarkable movie great movie i loved it um it's basically about it's basically john it's the it's the john wick premise done completely different so nick cage oh, they kill his pig well no they kidnap his pig they don't oh, kill it they don't God. they don't kill his pig but they kid he has a pig that sniffs out truffles right so mm -hmm. nicholas cage is an outcast he's living in a cabin out in the woods and someone kidnaps his pig and the bulk of the movie is him trying to get his pig back Sounds very similar to John Wick, right? Mm -hmm. And the trailer made it seem like it was John Wick. Like you have Nick Cage who's like, I'm going to get my pig. <laughs> very, very different than that. This movie is about remorse. It's about heartbreak. It's about compassion. And it uses the Portland uh, cuisine scene. And it, mm -hmm. it that's the backdrop. Because you know how John Wick has like the assassins backdrop, right? Like... You have the Continental oh. and they use the coins. and So they kidnapped his pig so that they can like make some kind of pork product out of, out well, of well, the meat. Well, eh, mm, yes and no. Yeah, but okay. the world of John Wick is about assassins. The world of pig is about like food, food okay. culture, chefs. You know, it's, it's really great. And it goes into detail. And I mean, I, honestly, there's really no action in it. There's like maybe mm. one scene of action and it's not even action, but the movie is so compassionate, so wonderful to watch. I left I left that movie feeling really, really good. Like it was a bittersweet good, but like it left me it, it left me feeling great. And I've seen it twice after that. 
and I love it. And I think it might be one of my favorite films of the year. Um, wow. I recommend High praise. It. I'm going to add that to my list, dude. Do I think you're going to like it. I think you really are. And I recommend it to people too. Again, it's not John Wick assassin stuff, but I think it's a slow moving picture, but it's, it, it, I don't mean it's boring. It's not slow. Doesn't mean boring. Right. Slow just means that it's taking its time to explore the themes that it's setting out to talk about. And it's about mm-hmm. heartbreak and kind of what people will do when they get to a certain level of heartbreak and kind of the compassion that's needed to show people. And it's it's pretty great. I ah, It's a good movie. <laughs> All right. All right. The next thing on my list is The Green Knight. Oh, greatest of kings. Let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be deep. Yes, I saw this as well. You saw Okay, we both saw this movie. I saw this on the A24 screening room, uh, where for one day within a four-hour window, you could rent the movie on the A24 website and be able to watch it within that four hour window as long as you hit play before the four hours was up and it was really weird and surreal and i loved that about it it's not like your typical uh let's retell this arthurian legend the world in the green knight so different yeah it's this is so with pig just to go back to pig real quick i think most people will watch it and get something out of it. And I think people will understand like, oh, I understand it now. Like I get what it is and I understand it. And I really like that. I think most people will like Pig. With this movie, I think most people will be slightly disappointed if you go in with the wrong expectations. Because this yes, isn't definitely. this is a movie with about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Or kind of. It's not really about them. But it's yes. about that era, that time period and those legends but it, mm-hmm. it it clearly is not behaving like the King Arthur film directed by Guy Ritchie. It's very different. Yes. This movie does not have action scenes, quote unquote. It's very much about what it means to be a knight. The five po- a, a hero. A hero. Um, and kind of the five points on a star. And it's a movie that when I first saw, because I, I saw it in theaters, I was like, huh, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't actually understand it. And then I went down a YouTube hole of people talking about like the legend, the poem, uh, kind of the symbolic meanings of certain things. And I was like, oh, I enjoy this a lot more. And then I Mm rewatched it and I loved it. Yeah. It is a movie that you kind of you might need some additional notes on. (laughs) Yeah. And I do. I do like that about about this movie. It's the kind of movie where I'm like. I don't think I understood everything, but I it's like a, it almost reminded me of like a David Lynch movie. Yes. Like I'm I'm feeling the atmosphere and I feel like I might be missing something, but I am here 100 percent for the ride. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like with Mulholland Drive. The first time I saw it, I didn't really understand wholly what the story was about, but there's a, such a mood and tone that you just fall in love with it. That's how I felt with this movie. And the more you explore the film, the more you get out of it it leads to a richer viewing experience. So I, I agree. Yes. It, is, it is very Lynchian in a way. Um, and I recommend it. And I bought the 4K of it. Because I'm like, nice. I can't I can't wait to rewatch this movie again. Because I <laughs> it pick up more on it. 
Yes, so. exactly. I, I might ask you for to borrow that because <laughs> I want to watch that again with oh. subtitles. Because oh, the, yes. one, the one bad thing about the A24 uh, theater experience, the home theater experience, is the sound is mixed very low. I had to turn off everything in my house and turn the volume up to 100% to hear everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have a, I have a, the same issue where my hearing can be really bad or I just pe- maybe the actors aren't enunciating as well as they should I'm be. I'm not going to blame the actors. No, no, no. It's happened sometimes. It's happened sometimes. I love Joel Edgerton, but sometimes that dude mumbles <laughs> a little bit, especially especially in that last part. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, come on, man. But yeah, no, great film. Definitely, definitely check out. But don't expect an action-packed movie about. Yes, it, it is a weird movie. If you Very like weird. David Lynch, you'll you'll probably like The Green Knight. If you don't like David Lynch, I don't think you'll like The Green Knight. Yeah, same. All right. Ne- uh, What's next on yours? Zola. Zola. I yes. missed Zola. Fantastic movie. Hey. Last month, I went dancing at this cute spot in Florida where my roommate's girl made like five G's a night. We just met yesterday and you already trying to take hoe trips together? Be ready by two. Hi, bitch! You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. You want to go somewhere with me? That's my face. Zola was dope as fuck. Zola's about this uh, stripper who kind of meets up with another woman and they decide to dance in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. But then things get very sex trafficky, And I, I won't go into more detail about it, but it is a wild movie. That's based on a real life story. It's based off a Twitter thread. Wow. That was like, that got really popular. A lot of people talked about it and it is a wild movie. It threw me for a loop and it it's really gross. No, 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 gross is the wrong word to use. It's very impactful in how it shows sex and sex work and stuff. It it, it kind of makes you feel muddied. It's a great movie. Great movie. Okay. But it's very hard to watch. Oh, and, okay. and my only complaint about the movie is that it ends very abruptly. Like something happens and then it, the movie just ends. And I'm like, what? I feel like maybe there's an extra scene that that was needed here. I do. I It is weird when movies do that. But I I kind of prefer it to the really long epilogues that you, you see a lot of films end with nowadays. It depends. Because Lord of the Rings is allowed a really long epilogue, in my opinion. And I think yeah, Zola... Here's a taste thing, I think. Yeah. There are some movies that work better abruptly. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that... Come on, just find the middle ground. <laughs> one, one more scene. You should have been good. The way it ends, I was like, oh, that's it? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel at the end of like every Miyazaki movie. I'm like, wait, that's it? What? Yeah. But yeah. I, I I feel like I just I kind of have to learn to appreciate it. And to some to some extent I do. All right. Uh, what is next for you? I have the Suicide Squad next. Yeah, same here. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? We actually saw this movie together in theaters, and I thought it was great. I I really like I I like James Gunn as a filmmaker. I think mm-hmm. I like his kind of dark sense of humor, but he also has a very like sensitive side. I think he really cares about the characters, 
he's putting into his movies. So when when they die, it feels like, oh, what? Except for like the first the first part of the movie. The first part, I think he's having fun killing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Um, he definitely cares about his characters. That I mean, people felt that with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like mm-hmm. that's why... characters that nobody really well, like no, nobody in like mainstream Hollywood mainstream movie going audience cared about like no one knew who those guys were they're like oh these are the guys that weren't good enough to be in the avengers <laughs> exactly and yet he made us care about them more than some of the avengers <laughs> yes and i think he took that same approach with suicide squad i really like this movie i think i liked it a little bit more than you um yes but i i, I recommend it it's super fun i also got the 4k for it um <laughs> it's great super fun to watch I'm hoping that he goes back to it, to that property, because I think there's a lot more he could do. Well, Origi- he has the show on HBO. Well, that's about Peacemaker. But mm-hmm. originally, one of the ideas that he had was that the Suicide Squad was going to fight Superman early on. Like, like he was oh, like in an early. I think that's draft- what happens in the game now. Yes. Well, that's that's one of the things he wanted to make a version where the Suicide Squad have to fight Superman. That didn't go through. But I'm thinking he's a crazy dude. And if Warner Brothers brought him back for a sequel, I'd love to see what he does again. Oh, yeah. Uh, the potentials are limitless. And in mm-hmm. my opinion, it is a lot better than the first one. Oh, yes. Very, very much so. Yeah. Um, th- like, I do appreciate how I, I think it's the first movie that directly implicates the United States in war crimes. Yeah. I don't I don't think any other superhero movie did that before. Maybe you'll have like S.H.I.E.L.D. do something inappropriate or illegal but shield doesn't exist you know so who cares if you directly implicate the united states of america that's huge it, well, they, in a hollywood movie that's there's a huge monologue huge. in the middle of the film where he's like you guys did this like your mm-hmm. astronauts brought this creature down to earth you guys put it on this part because it's too dangerous to have an american soil you guys did this mm-hmm. and it's like all right i'm cool with this yeah yeah, so I I do I I like that. The yeah. stuff I don't like is like, yes, you're you're right there, but then like we're laughing at y- our heroes kill these revolutionaries. You know, it's like, all right, why why is it okay to kill all these people then? <laughs> why are we laughing at this? It just feels weird. Yeah, it's I, I see I see your point. It's yeah, they and they acknowledge that they fucked up. But we still got to laugh at the scene though, or the audience got to laugh at the scene. So it's it's like you're having your cake and eating it too. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's a it's a Hollywood blockbuster. There can only be so much, you know. That's that's the one thing that he said uh, in interviews past is like maybe I went a little bit too far with this scene. Oh, with that so one, even yeah, even he was like, hmm, scratching his head a little bit about it. Yeah, it's it's a good thing that he at least acknowledges his shortcomings, mm-hmm. which I, I'm happy when directors do because it means that they're learning, that they're paying attention and they're listening and learning. Yeah, so I'm all about that. All right, um, so. After that, I watched Free Guy. Guy, this world, it's a video game. And it's full of bad guys. I'm a rule breaker. I'm a rattle chicka 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 snaker. We need you to be the good guy. Ah, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Have you seen Free Guy? Did not see Free Guy. It's the Ryan Reynolds in a video game mm -hmm. movie. Uh, basically Grand Theft Auto. It's a cute movie. It's uh cute. I liked it. 
I think Ryan Reynolds has gone on to say that that was one of his favorite movies that he's ever been oh, in. Oh, wow. Yeah, he said it's one of his favorite films that he's ever been in. And that means a lot, especially the fact that since he's been in Deadpool and he loves Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I could kind of see why. There's, It's got comedy. It's got action. Uh, and it's got a pretty solid message. I, I'm not completely in love with it, but I definitely recommend it for people. I think if you watch it, especially like a family like for a family night kind of thing, I think most people will enjoy it. I I was I wanted to see it, but I eventually was like, I don't know if I'm in the mood for this hey, kind fa- of movie. Fair <laughs> hey, no, no, fair enough. Sometimes you're just not in the mood, especially with action movies like Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, and I felt maybe that's the only one where I was like, is it like funny? Does it understand video games, or is it just like Ryan Reynolds saying quippy things with a bunch of loud well, explosions? And- it's a lot better than hitman's wife's bodyguard um does it understand video games not that well i think it mm. understands cult- video game culture a little bit more than that okay uh there and he does do some deadpool mannerisms but it's definitely toned back a lot more like he's he's like he is not deadpool in this movie right he is mm-hmm. acting a bit more broadly um okay but it, but it, it's i think it's worth a watch all right i'll i'll put it on my list yeah i'll put it on my list all right, what was the next movie you saw? Uh, did you s- Candyman? I the did. 2021 Candyman. All I right. I did see Candyman. Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. I liked it. What did you think? I liked it, but I'm not going to lie, a little disappointed, I think. Okay. How so? I, I obviously am a big Candyman fan. If you listen to our early, early, one of our early episodes on the 1992 cult classic Candyman. And I do like how I I could go back to that film and see new things with it. It made me want, made me curious about the culture or the neighborhood that it was representing in Cabrini Green. Mm-hmm. this this movie i don't think it was um it didn't inspire me to go look at the history again it kind of just told it to me i i feel like the movie was more telling it it wasn't a lot of subtext it wasn't a lot of like uh candy man speaking in these weird this weird way it was just uh your traditional kind of horror where this monster is killing people but the people it's killing are kind of assholes, so I don't really mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's part of that's part of why I, di- I didn't like it. But I did I did like like there's there's moments where our main character would go on these like monologues about gentrification and and cultural appropriation, and I'm like, yes, you know, yeah. So I did like that part, those parts of it. But I think there was something that I was missing from the. Candyman narrative. I feel like this was a deviation from that, what that movie was trying to say. I think the movie kind of, I, I, I'm trying to remember it a little bit more. I think it lost a little bit of the focus because it's trying to tackle all, it's tackling a lot of different things, not just gentrification. Mm-hmm. It's it's dealing with the legacy of Candyman and that legacy alone is very complicated. I mean, they it took the entire first film to just kind of dwell into the legacy of Candyman. So it's, it's a, and now they're dealing with gentrification, art world, kind of 
it's a lot. I definitely remember feeling a little bit like overwhelmed. My favorite part about this movie is how it expanded the Candyman legacy. I don't want to give it away, but they do something in the film that kind of expands on his story. And I was like, oh, that's pretty great because they did yes. something that they didn't go into in the first film. In fact, it's something that maybe the filmmakers added on to. I don't know if it was part of Clive Baker's original vision for Candyman. Oh, no, no, no. They, oh, it wasn't. The, the Bernard, the original version of Candyman wasn't even black. Oh! The, the film adaptation took that story from Clive Barker and added the element of race to it. And... It, I feel like it makes the story even better. Yes. Um, and, and there's stuff that they hint at in in the original Candyman that they explore in this movie, which which I thought was great. Uh, it changes the way I, I see the first movie. Yes. That's what I loved about it. And, and yeah, I think it makes the first movie better. Like as as not like better than this one, but like it makes the first one richer. I think. Well, I mean, what Nia da Costa? Because I, I believe she, she directed it, but I think she yes. wrote it. Nia da Costa, da Costa, mm-hmm. or and with Jordan Peele, they found a way to expand the story of Candyman and his legacy and what he means, and it, it was seen as like, oh, that's so clever. I, it's tragic and it's clever. I really like it. A little scattershot, but. The, the Candyman legacy is really interesting. Definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out. As a horror movie, I wasn't particularly scared. I think there was like maybe one or two moments. Yeah, which I, I don't really judge a movie like this over how scary I feel during it. Yeah, you know, as long as yeah. the ideas are good. And I think the ideas are mostly good. It's just sometimes when it goes into the horror movie parts of it, I'm like, uh, you're making this character so unsympathetic that i don't care if they die so i get some kind of like weird satisfaction when they do and i i don't i don't really like that as much as i used to no same 100 percent. next movie you saw shang chi and the ten rings oh i saw that too yes. <laughs> i said it like it's a surprise <laughs> of course i saw it you can't outrun very positive yes i would say it's it's the second best marvel movie of the year which might be a spoiler for for (laughs) how this episode's gonna end yeah um i i think it probably has the best action sequences of any marvel movie uh i really enjoy the fight choreography from the late brad allen i liked how the how it really goes into that like wuxia i don't know how to pronounce i think it's wuxia w-u-x-i-a style of fight scenes Mm -hmm. where it's a lot of wire work it's a lot of like like um, crouching tiger hidden dragon crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah i love i love that fights that fighting style and i do like how the movie was about the asian american identity and how it's it, it feels like more pointed i guess like it's specifically like the Chinese American mm-hmm. identity. Well, it's and... a it's from the Chinese perspective, Chinese American perspective. It's, yes, it's very it's very much from a millennial perspective as well. Yes, because Sean is the main character and he's kind of like a millennial, uh, and it it kind of tries to kind of figure out how his identity is maybe a little split, uh, mm-hmm. maybe he a little directionless. Yes, and it's it's uh it's relatable 
And I, I, oh, yes. I think I, I think that's great. And everything you said, the action scene, all that's great. And I, I think the best part of the movie, though, by far, is Tony Long. Um, so good. He, He's probably one of my favorite Marvel villains. Yes. I think I put him up yeah, there. Yeah, Thanos is cool and everything, but Tony Long, the, I, the Mandarin, way better. I still, <laughs> I still put Thanos at number one because it took all the Drinking the purple Kool-Aid. No, no, no. He's phenomenal. <laughs> Thanos is great. Baron Zemo. He's up. Tony Long is up there with Baron Zemo, in my opinion. And I love Baron Zemo. But Tony Long, like, there's that scene where he goes to the bar or the restaurant and he just murders a dude with the ring. Oh, and yeah. at that point, I was cheering him on. And I was like, yeah, you kill everyone in this room. Like, I'm totally OK with that. <laughs> I was really sympathetic to his cause. And what I appreciate was that I thought they were going to go a different route with him. And I thought they were going to do something else incredibly stupid because I was watching. I'm like, man, they're going to do this stupid shit. I know it. They're going to they're not doing it. OK, OK. All right. I like this. Yeah, he he was my favorite part. I, In terms of Marvel villain, he's great. I want to see more of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, um, awesome film, super fun. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. The the one things that I don't like about the movie though is the, uh, I I've, there is a tendency in these Marvel movies to kind of break an emotional scene with comedy, and there's a part in the movie where we're getting to see part of uh, uh Sean's past, and it's like a really dark moment in in his story and it's kind of interrupted by a flight attendant asking him if he wants peanuts and then we never go back to it and i was like irritated that like why can't we just have that moment and feel for the character without the the comedy in between you know that's one of the things i dislike about marvel films is that they feel like their comedy their film their comedy is really well done for the most part yeah for the most part i I did like the comedy in this but movie, they will, but, but they will specific- break away from emotional scenes or heartbreaking scenes because, well, this is going to upset little kids or families don't want to see. This. Yeah, you, you're trying to get us to like these characters. Not everyone has to be a Tony Stark or a Star Lord like you could you can break character a little bit. You could break from the comedy a little bit and just stay in what's happening because this movie is especially what happens to him, him, him and his sister early on. It's super tragic. Yeah, and I would have wished they would have spent more time in there yes. because you're you're gonna have to accept that oh Shang just left his sister. Yeah, and you know, there's it some, happens there, early on. It's not a spoiler, yeah. but it's like it's something that's it feels like man, what a terrible brother. And it maybe if that story would have gone on, maybe would have understood his his point of view or not interrupted you know? by a cheap gag about whether you want peanuts or not if the gag is really really funny fine but for that one get the fuck out of here <laughs> no definitely worth watching recommend it super fun yes all right uh, one mm-hmm. a film that i mm-hmm. forgot to mention that it came out a little bit before but i saw army of the dead in theaters oh i saw oh, it in, in theaters. theaters wow yeah zombie tiger that's crossing the line yeah i wanted to check it out i saw it with my dad it was okay the thing about army of the dead is that it's two movies it's a heist movie mixed in with zombies but the two don't actually intersect as much as i would have liked right because the thing because you take your concept of zombies and you mix it in your concept you mix it with your concept of of a heist movie and you have a lot of possibilities you can have a lot of fun (laughs) the movie doesn't take doesn't go as far as I would like it. 
And it's also a little too dreary. Like, what do you mean dreary? It's look, zombies and a heist movie, kind of a goofy combination. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a... like Ocean's Eleven with a zombie Andy Garcia. Ooh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you go way back. There are moments where the movie is self-aware with how goofy the concept is, but it plays it very seriously. And okay. I think it's kind of a wasted potential because I'm like, man, I would have liked to have seen a heist movie with zombies in it. But it's this one's a little too dreary and the two don't in- intersect for a long time. And when they do intersect, like shit hits the fan very fast, very quickly. And I'm just like, oh, there's one great scene in the movie, a great scene that's like a suspense masterclass. Oh, and it's it really had me at the edge of my seat. So and it would, comes... you, would you say that it's worth seeing the movie for this scene? Yes, it's middle of the okay. film. And they're like in the hotel. They're in like one of the Vegas Vegas hotels and it's dark and the room's full of zombies. And that's it. It's great. It's that scene alone had me excited. And I'm like, oh, what's the film going to do next? It doesn't do too much after that. But it's it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Okay. Um one thing that was really interested in this movie because uh, they had to replace an actor in yes. the film because uh, I think it was Chris D'Elia. Yeah, because because he was either he was accused, accused of sexual he he was accused of sexual harassment. Uh, wasn't it a lot worse than that? Wasn't it like child pornography? Oh, was soliciting it sex acts from a minor? <gasps> oh, I feel shit. Like it, was, it was a lot worse than harassment. Oh no way! Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I thought it. I thought it was sexual harassment. No. Fuck. Child pornography. Child pornography, and I <gasps> believe soliciting sex from a minor. Yes, sexual harassment, grooming, and solicitation of nude photos from multiple underage girls. Oh <gasps> shit! Damn. Okay, so they. I don't oh. believe the any of the accusations saw any any convictions. Oh really? But okay. Was, yeah, but it was a lot. There was a lot of of yeah. It's it's, it's awful. It's a, no, no, it's an awful story. And well, what's what's great? The positive is that Zack Snyder saw this and he decided to replace the actor with Tig Notaro, the comedian. However, they didn't go back and like read shoot the scenes entirely with all the cast and stuff. They CGI'd her in in front of Chris. She's completely <laughs> CGI'd. And dude, I'm gonna tell you that's one of the best visual effect tricks I have ever seen. Because wow. I I walked in the film knowing this, and I really couldn't tell that much. Wow, I I remember seeing a tweet from Dave Bautista saying, "I've never met Tignataro." <laughs> yeah, and yet she talks to him, she speaks to him multiple times in the scenes. Hell, she's I mean, mild spoilers, she's in the final fight w- with him. Damn, and, and you you can't tell. I love the energy Tignataro brings. I, I feel like it's very unique. And sometimes, like, I don't think she's, like, super funny, but her her personality is really funny. Oh, yeah. There's a line where they're pitching to her doing this doing this insane act, and she's like, I'm 1,000% in. <laughs> and, like, the way she says it and, like, the way she... I, there's just something great about her. I think yeah, she killed it. I, like, I when you said that, I heard it in her voice. And I'm like, yes! that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm glad they replaced him. Uh, she probably would have been even a better choice from the get-go. More Tignataro but... in your action movies, please. Yes. And and you know what? I got to say, I'm very happy that Zack Snyder went back and did this. It's the same thing that Ridley Scott did with Kevin Spacey when he was accused of sexual harassment. 
um, when they replaced him and with also soliciting sex for minors. Yes, when they replaced him with Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World. Mm-hmm. I love it. I want to see. I mean, I love filmmakers going the extra length to replace actors like that. I'm here for it. It's not always possible in some films. But I'm glad that they at least went out of their way to do the right thing. So shout out to Zach for doing it here. And good job to Nick Tignataro. And to the visual effects people. Because it's fucking incredible what they did. All right. Um, I think the next one on our list we both saw. Malignant? Yes. Now. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No. But I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? I ranked these movies as like top 10 from everything that I've seen. And Malignant was there. I really enjoyed Malignant. Yeah, Malignant is top 10 for me as well. Um, (laughs) This movie, look. We can't say too much about the story. This movie... I think the best part of it is the, the twisty stuff. Yes. It's it's like it becomes an action movie at a certain point. And the I, best kind I, of my, action movie. Yeah. I, I'm i like thinking about it and I'm like, this this might be my favorite action movie of the year. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's looking that way too. As far as just like action goes you know like never mind the stakes of of anything like there's some movies where i'm more invested in the story but like as far as action goes i feel like malignant has one of my favorite fight scenes oh (laughs) no 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 it totally does it has a great chase scene it has a great action scene it has a great reveal uh it has a very interesting premise watch this movie like it's very uh go ahead watch this movie i recommend it if you like horror films if you like action films like watch it it is fucking awesome and the theater that i watched it in they lost their fucking minds um (laughs) when when you know things were revealed and it is wild and you know what it's a weird fucking movie but we need more weird look you're willing to buy into marvel weird so why can't you buy this type of weird oh is it too weird oh you have a purple guy who destroys half the entire universe and you're willing to buy into that but this twist is too much fuck out of here who's saying that some people were just like this is too stupid and i'm like no you're stupid i'm sorry oh my god oh man no i I, that's how much and i'm like i'm not really hating on anyone who dislikes it but this kind of are though yeah but this is all stupid But this movie's great, though. It's so it is, good. It's really good. It's, it's I, wild. It has, it has a very campy, like, exterior. Like, when I saw the trailers for it, I'm like, yeah, whatever. James Wan, The Nun, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care about The Conjuring. I don't care. But I think Dylan, I think it was either Dylan or you that was like, you should see Malignant. And I'm like, but it's both on HBO no, no, Max. No, Dylan and I were both telling you to watch this movie. We were in the group chat, and we were like, I think he started it. I was like, yeah, go watch this now. Like, yeah, just just go ahead. You're not going to regret it because we yeah, especially and... knew you were like, he's going to love this. It's yeah. there's there's a moment where I was like, what? I, I might have been too loud because we watched it at night and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, bro, that was. And when you watch me. it again, it like it's a good twist because you can kind of it. It makes sense. It's not something that comes out of nowhere. You know, no, it's it, perfect. It's like, no, no, that's what we were talking. That's we've mentioned this on the podcast before. It sets it up from the beginning. It's there. Yeah. You just weren't paying attention enough, or you mm-hmm. missed it a little bit. Malignant is great. Go watch it. Highly recommend it. Super dope, fun. Super scary, dope, fun. Quick movie that I forgot to mention, like because 
my apparently my list is all sorts of fucked up. <laughs> Cruella. From the very beginning, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> Cruella. I did watch Cruella. Uh, I know you and Leanna did not. I I didn't watch it. Leanna didn't watch it for different reasons. Yes, though. she's not. She's in. She's yes. a vet tech, but she's like specifically in rehabilitation, like physical rehabilitation for for animals. Shit, and, I'm taking I'm taking my dog to her right now. Yeah, and she's a vegan, so <laughs> so she doesn't want to see a movie that's sympathetic to a woman who wants to skin a bunch of puppies. <laughs> Honestly, that is a good enough reason not to watch the movie. Like I. I'm always saying, hey, you should give a movie a chance. With her, I totally get it. Like, I, I understand. I, I can't give her any shit about it. That being said, I, I decided to watch it, and I liked it. It, it. it was funny because when they announced it, I was like, that's kind of stupid. Why would you make a movie about Cruella? <laughs> like, I, I could see a version of Cruella being made, like mm-hmm. Joker style, right? Where it's like, clearly they're an antihero, or clearly they're in the wrong. Because, like, why would you want to humanize a person who kills animals for clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the movie never really found the right way of going about it, but it was entertaining enough. The The thing about the movie is that it doesn't go into it that much about her, what she will become. It doesn't really do that. Like it, it doesn't deal with that. Maybe there's like Despite one Despite having a scene where Dalmatians kill her mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's again, it's not a perfect movie, <laughs> but it's, I really liked Emma Stone in it. I thought she was great. And I like the guys, like her henchmen. Mm-hmm. And, and I like her rivalry with uh, Emma Emma Thompson. Um, I like her rivalry with Emma Thompson. It feels very Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Saw it in theaters. But it, that being said, it doesn't deal with Cruella killing animals. And I'm like, uh, probably best that you didn't. But you also can't escape the fact that in Disney history, in Disney canon, this woman will go on to want to kill 101 dalmatians <laughs> like let's talk That's about a lot of dalmatians talk about a fucking elephant in the room like, you yeah. know what i mean mm-hmm. but anyway i i think it was a fine disney movie well, one movie i did watch that i don't think most people did is roadrunner a film about anthony bourdain you're probably gonna find out about it anyway so here's a little preemptive truth telling there's no happy ending. One, two, three, four. Chef Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. The renowned chef and best-selling author of Kitchen Confidential. All the TV chefs are so cuddly and adorable. You know, maybe I'm the antidote or something. It's a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. And is this the movie where they uh, digitally constructed him reading his some memoir? of it? I, or was it all of it or was it some of it? I can't remember. But yes, this is that documentary. I think part of it was AI. I don't think the complete transcript because they filmed a lot with him. It's a very interesting movie. And as someone who, if I'm being honest, didn't give a shit about Anthony Bourdain before the movie, I I, I just didn't care. I, I don't know about him. I had heard he was mm-hmm. a cook or a chef or whatever. I just didn't know about him. So I didn't care. But watching the movie, I was a lot more intrigued by his persona 
and mm-hmm. the movie kind of highlights just kind of what he was going through and there is like a very clear before and after story do you know what i mean like there is a character art and it is very tragic um the mm-hmm. movie does do some ethically questionable things not even the not even the ai thing the ai thing is honestly the least ethically ambiguous thing in the film to be honest wow really yeah because I know- like i was reading about that and i'm like damn that sounds awful nah dude trust me that's that's not even the that's not even on the totem pole of ethically ethical ethics about this movie that's like low on the totem pole because there are some other things that the movie does and that it omits that i thought was upon read upon looking at it later i was like whoa okay so why didn't you have this person why didn't you talk about this this is really interesting why didn't you dig into this and like why did you do that it's not that it, some of those things are bad, but as a documentary, it does kind of feel like maybe it's leaning into that Anthony Bourdain poster image rather than really going into who he was, which the movie does do. It does do that at certain points, but it's trying to be a movie for people who like Anthony Bourdain. Yes. And, and yes. Make, get their money because yes. he can't do that for them anymore. Yes. A hundred percent. You nailed it. Sometimes it's a that movie. feels for- a little gross. And and I will say this, the movie does go into kind of some of the things that he was going through and it doesn't always paint him in the best light. So, yes, it's not it doesn't fail, but it is a little murky. It is a murky mm-hmm. documentary, but I, I enjoy I enjoyed it a lot. My only thing was it felt really, really long. It felt okay. really long for a two hour <laughs> movie. I was like, Jesus, it feels like it felt like every other scene was people like coming in and saying, Anthony Bourdain was so great. He was so cool. He was so blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, let's move on. Like, I don't need to constantly hear about how great he was. All I right. get I, like the first 30 minutes established that very clearly. But yeah. All right. Uh, this one, I think we both saw in theaters. This was one that we were looking forward to. Doom. Yes. What's to become of our world? <laughs> yeah, I love I, I I saw the trailer for Dune and uh, there's not there weren't very many movies that I saw this year that had particularly exciting trailers. But Dune, Dune was one of them. It it has that really like what is this about vibe. There's like this really weird imagery, and it has that Pink Floyd song playing in the background. And I yes. know that Pink Floyd was supposed to be the supposed to be on the soundtrack for the Dune movie that was never made. Yeah. Dune has this like really to me. Dune is like very mysterious. Like I know it's very inspirational to a lot of science fiction, to almost all science fiction. After seeing the first part of the movie, so I was like excited. For the movie and it it delivered it delivered it was everything i didn't know i wanted in a dune movie i agree it was fucking awesome i loved it i'm glad that the sequel got greenlit it's everything i've wanted in a movie it's a film that is like the anti-marvel and again <laughs> I'm, i don't hate marvel movies but i do like a little balance like for for every five marvel films we get can i at least get one science fiction film that feels a little bit more grounded a little bit more ethereal a little bit yes. more cerebral. A I little... liked, I liked the vibe of the movie. You know, yes, it's, it's not all like loud action, uh, spaceships, jokes, quips. You know, yeah. It's... The, the the movie is taking itself seriously, and it literally dedicates a little section of the film where they're talking about trees, palm trees out in the desert, 
and why they're important for them to be out there. And in the in the middle of the film, when the trees are burning, it signifies these guys just got fucked. Those trees mean a bit more than what you'd originally think. And the film is loaded with imagery like that. And it's just well made all around. And it doesn't stop the story to tell you a quick joke or anything, even though the movie's funny. Yeah, there's like, so many parts in the movie, but they don't feel like they're, well, we got to keep the kids awake. We got to give them some memes. You hey, know? <laughs> you want some peanuts? Not like <laughs> yeah. when the characters are talking about heartbreak and something that's something awful that yeah. happened to them. Yeah, no, Doom's awesome. That's a that's a 4K purchase for me right there. Oh, yeah, like I, I'm th- I'm waiting for that. I loved the 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 grasshopper like uh, the, the ornithopters. The, yeah, the way they set up the sandworms and the the whole concept of that like witch voice. Yeah. Uh, I saw that in the Dolby Cinema with the speakers in the chairs. Amazing. I, I feel like it was the best use of that technology I've ever experienced in a theater. Yeah, I, it's incredible. You can watch it at home, but it's not like seeing it in theaters because right. that movie yeah. is huge. It's a big movie. And yeah. I mean, we're going to have to settle for watching it at home because this movie's eventually going to leave theaters. But you talk about a theater worthy experience. This is it. And it thankfully does not doesn't cater to everyone. Not everyone needs to laugh every 30 seconds and not every film needs to be really big, dumb, stupid action. You can have films that are yeah. a little bit a little bit more serious and they're way, yeah. they have way more meaning and they have more thought mm-hmm. put into them. And again, I like both, but I just want some fucking balance. And it's like, thank God we got this movie at this time. Yes. Because <sighs> uh, the last I movie don't... that I felt that the last movie that I felt kind of took this self this seriously was like Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And it, when was that? Back in 2020 of September. And the next movie after that was like Dune. And those aren't even really similar films. But I'm like, thank you for taking science fiction just a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. I did see some people complaining about it being too serious. But I'm like, I guess it's just not your thing. But hey, it's it's not, I, hey, it's not your thing. And that's fine. But don't tell me it's bad because I don't think I will not agree yeah. with you. Yeah, don't don't. I don't think it's it's not bad. It's just not what you want. And just to our listeners again, we can go on and on about these movies. We have so much to say about them, but we're just trying to give you a kind of a wide angle look into the year. So if you want to talk to us a little bit more about these movies then hit us up on our discord or maybe we'll make a future episode talking about the one, a particular movie. But yeah, just wanted to throw that out there again because yes. I love Dune and there's a lot we could talk about, but for time's sake. Yeah, um, there was a movie that I watched. I don't know if you saw it. Have you seen No Time to Die? I haven't seen No Time to Die. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. I'm sorry. I'm a bad Bond fan. No, I, no, no. It's I of all the movies from the Daniel Craig Bond series. I I love Bond by the way. I've seen all the movies. The one that I liked the most was Skyfall. Spectre really? was not crazy about. Cause, like the reason I like Skyfall is that it it is more like a traditional Bond movie, but it's not stuck in in that past. It's just kind of like here's what we can do in a more contemporary way. So I liked that one. And Spectre was like 
I didn't really understand where the movie was going. And it's one of those movies where they started shooting before they had a finished script. And you yeah, can kind you of can feel tell. it. I was kind of like disappointed by it. And maybe that contributed into why I wasn't in a rush to see No Time to Die. But I, I do really want to. I'm assuming you're going to check it out this year. I'm going to check point. it out. Yeah, I, should, I recommend should it. Should I look forward? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I recommend it. Um, Yeah, I felt the exact same way. Casino Royale is my favorite Daniel Craig film. I like Skyfall, but Spectre is the worst. I don't like Spectre. I think it's bad. I don't think there's much much good from that movie, if anything. You, what about Christoph Waltz? I don't like him. I mean, I like the actor. <laughs> I don't like the character. Um, I even okay. I prefer Quantum of Solace over Spectre. Wow. And I know people that was hate- a movie that Spectre didn't even want to acknowledge. Yeah, no, I prefer Quantum of Solace because uh, at least Quantum of Solace had some okay idea, had some pretty interesting ideas that it didn't quite execute as well as it would have liked, but still enjoyable. Spectre was bad, so I kind of walked in with <laughs> No Time to Die with that same kind of feeling. And I like No Time to Die. Um, It's still not the most enthusiastic, like, yeah, this is amazing. It has some cool scenes. I will say this. The ending is is very good. I can't say much more than that. But I do like the the resolution to this story. And I'm excited to see what they do in the future because there's a lot of directions that they could go in. I'm really curious to see what they do. But yeah, No Time to Die, interesting. And I will say uh, some of the best parts of the movies are with Ana de Armas. And, nice. And, Big uh, fan of her. La- Lashana Lynch, um, who was oh. in Captain Marvel. Some of my favorite oh. moments in the film are with both of them. Ana de Armas and Lashana Lynch. Great additions to the franchise. I wish we could see more of them. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, a, movie, a, a movie I saw real quick but, uh, that I watched okay. before No Time to Die is actually a French movie. It's called Titane. I was very curious about that movie when you told me about it. Dude, this is a movie about a woman who is like an like a stripper, I think. She's like an exhibition exhibition. How do you say it? Exhibitionist. Yeah, but with cars. The movie's insane. Like this is very this happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie. So I'm just going to spoil it. She gets into a car accident in the very beginning as a child, and she has a metal plate installed into her head. And it's almost implied that she can begin to almost communicate with cars and like not like talk to them, but like she feels the energy. And the movie in the beginning has a scene where she has sex with a car. What? Yeah. That gives me like uh, Crash vibes. The, The Cronenberg movie. Yeah. This movie is insane. It's one of the most violent films I've ever seen, I think. Because <laughs> in, in the beginning part, the violence was very grotesque that Austin, I really considered walking out. Wow. Because it was, I've never walked out of a movie. Like, because a movie disgusted me or I hated it so much. But the movie, some of the violent scenes were wild. They were funny, but they were also grotesque and awful. And I was like, oh my god i don't know if i want to see this because this is really repulsive i i stuck around with it though and i'm really happy i did because i love the movie it is layered there's a lot of shit to look at here and it is sort of based like on a documentary that i watched a long time ago i'm not going to say the name of the documentary so it doesn't spoil it to people okay It, it does go in an interesting direction and by the end i was like really in love with the movie and it was like (laughs) 
it ended like on a kind of beautiful note. I mean, bittersweet. Yeah, some, I think somebody in the trailer described it as very sweet. I'm like, what? I heard that movie was gross. <laughs> no, no, it's it's gross. I mean, there's a lot of fluids. There's blood. There's <laughs> okay. like white gunk. There's like oil from the car sex. It's wild. It's worth check. Look, okay, look. If this prem and the reason I told you that she has sex with the car because if you heard that and it turns you off, don't watch this movie. Just don't. But if it kind of makes you a little curious and you're not squeamish, I say check it out because I think where the movie goes and what the movie talks about and what it is about is really interesting and worth watching. All right, I will check. I will add that to my list. I didn't Dude, add it to my I'm, list before. I can't promise you'll like it, but I I am curious. I think you'll get a kick out of it to a All certain right. extent. All right. Next on the list. Uh, for me, is a movie called Last Night in Soho. They're not yeah. just dreams. Jack, I don't want to do this. You think you can just walk away? It really happened. What did you see? Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Did I you saw watch? You did? Yes, I did. So uh, I, I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. I love mm -hmm. all of his movies. Uh, I love um, how he approaches movies. Mm -hmm. And Last Night in Soho is pretty great if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, I think. If yeah. you're a fan of his approach to filmmaking, if you're a fan of filmmaking in general, and if you like Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, this is a great movie. It's about a girl who is whose name is Ellie Eloise, played by Thomason McKenzie who's so sweet in this movie oh my god i just i just want her to never have any pain come to her in this movie um <laughs> uh, so innocent um, um so she's she wants to go to soho or to london to study fashion because her mother was a fashion someone who wanted to get into fashion who uh, was committed suicide before the events of the film and eloise also has like this uh she's like a medium she can see the dead kind of thing and she goes into so she moves to london and she doesn't really fit in with the art crowd there and then she starts to get visions of a woman from the past who's played by anya taylor joy so it's kind of about like uh you know your love for like nostalgic things from a period before you know things were so much better back then but it kind of explores how awful things were back then which is kind of like what we do on the podcast. You know, we'll talk about movies we love and why we love them, but also some of the darker sides of how things were made. Maybe some of the unethical things that went on during the movies that we love, you know? Mm -hmm. No, uh, agreed. Um, I really like the movie. Um, it kind of, I think it really does put you in the perspective of kind of what it like to, f to feel like a woman in terms of just kind of being at the end of the male gaze. Um, mm -hmm. Women and potentially sex work and stuff it really goes into that which i wasn't expecting uh the movie's really creepy in that regard some yeah. of the horror stuff with the ghost doesn't isn't totally um not that it's it not like it's not scary that it, per it's se not scary it, it, that's the thing it's not scary when it leans into some of those horror tropey things it doesn't work as well but when it's dealing with the social fear that comes with just being a woman in a metropolitan area like london it really sells that a bit more there was mm -hmm. something that like there was like a line in the movie where someone's like, someone's died in every corner of London. And I, I think yeah. that, that movie paints London as a bit more of a dangerous place than we care to realize. Yes. And it really sells that. And like 
I I like it. Oh yeah, I was digging this movie. I would. It's in my top five, I think, of the year. Really? Okay. I wouldn't yeah. go. I wouldn't go that high. I, well, honestly, I haven't really thought about my top five. Um, I don't think the movie would go up there, but it's definitely worth the watch. Oh yes, it's definitely worth the watch, especially if you're an Edgar Wright fan. Um, yeah, there's some really if, cool stuff in this. If you're a fan of like kind of surreal horror, because there are yes. like ghastly things in this movie. Um, if you're a fan of Anya Taylor Joy, definitely recommend. It's yeah. it's a great movie. And keep your eyes on uh, Thomas and Mackenzie because she's definitely on the. She's up so and up. good in this movie. Yeah, she she's worked with uh, she's worked with Taika Waititi. She's worked with uh, M Night Shyamalan, and now she's worked with Edgar Wright. It's like holy shit, this girl's like on a roll. Mm -hmm. It's definitely worth checking out. Right. Uh, a movie that I watched was The Last Duel. You actually saw The Last Duel. I did. I was curious. A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. Uh, I know the movie had stirred some controversy because it's about... Set in medieval France, the film stars Matt Damon as a knight who challenges his former friend, Squire Jacques Legree, to a judicial duel after Jean's wife, Marguerite, accuses Jacques of raping her. The events leading up to the duel are divided into three distinct chapters, reflecting the contradictory perspectives of the three main characters. I like Rochamon. Yes, like exactly like Rochamon. Same structure, um, and it kind of takes a look at to the lives of these of the three main characters, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer, kind of through years and kind of what happens. So it is the rape of Marguerite and what happens after that. And I like the movie. I know some people have said that they don't like the idea of seeing the story from the perspective of the rapist, which is a sour thing to deal with. I totally understand that. I'm not going to tell people that it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but the movie makes very clear the fact that, number one, these points are very much from the main from that specific character's chapter. So the movie starts off with Matt Damon, then it goes on to Adam Driver, and then it goes to finish the films with Jodie Comer and every perspective is from that respective character's chapter. So like the first chapter is Matt Damon. So we see it from his perspective. And it really highlights the fact that people think they're the hero in their own story. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and the film makes it very clear that it sides with Marguerite. Like hers is okay. like the most like, because Matt Damon, he's a hero, obviously. Like he sees himself as a hero. Adam Driver sees himself as a hero. And Marguerite kind of has like the most even-handed like approach to the entire story. And I mean, it's, you know, rape is a difficult thing to talk about. But I think it's really interesting because the movie is very much leaning into kind of the things that Me Too brought up. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like accusations of rape, of, of allegate, like allegations and kind of like, well why do you not believe me? Like I'm your wife and kind of, and it deals with like, well, I'm doing this based off of chivalry, but I don't really believe you and bullshit like that. Oh, wow. The movie leans into that. And it like, it's, it's, a, it definitely feels like a me too story set in the medieval era. Okay. So it was, it was really interesting from that perspective. 
And it, I mean, I, the, the action scene, the actual last duel is pretty fucking brutal. So, you know, it's it's got the exciting final fight, but it also has some really interesting questions. This is based off a real story. This shit actually happened, which just kind of goes to show that, you know what? Humans are not as progressive as we'd like to think, because what <laughs> this movie, this, this story took place in the in medieval France in like the 18th, 19th century. And we're still dealing with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's wild. So, but I, I did watch it. So even though Ridley Scott saying millennials did not watch this movie because we can't get away from our phones. God like, damn. So stupid, dude. <sighs> come on, bro. So stupid. I'm on your side. Like, come on. <laughs> and the, the thing is that the millennials he's complaining about are the people that actually showed up to the movie. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <sighs> know your audience, dude. Yeah. All right. The next movie is uh, Eternals. Marvel's Eternals. Yes. We have watched. Unguided. We have helped them progress. And seen them accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Until... A movie um, that it was probably the first movie in the MCU to ever have a rotten score on the sacred Rotten Tomatoes website. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this. I disagree. I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie. Absolutely not. It is not the worst Marvel movie. No, like it's it's silly. Like it's I would definitely not put it high tier, uh, maybe, right. maybe mid tier. Uh, the movie's ambitious and very it ambitious. Does, it does lack here's the thing the movie does lack some of those marvel isms that make a marvel movie so fun to watch in a movie theater but it also for what it lacks in that it also does it's ambitious and it takes itself pretty seriously which i do like yeah for the most part because it's dealing with some really heady topics Mm -hmm. like creation evolution god like these are (laughs) things that i did not expect to really talk about in a marvel movie i do like the story of of like these characters that never age and they're kind of immortal. Um, that's why I like, I think the story of stories of vampires and stuff, they never age. Like, what do you live for when you never die? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I do like, I do like that part of it. Um, but I don't really, I think that there are so many characters that some of them feel like they're not in it as much or they're not as developed as some of the others. Yeah. And it, it kind of, makes the movie feel slow at times because I'm not really, really learning much about the characters. If that makes sense. There's some comedy in there that just falls flat. And there's, you know, when comedy doesn't make you laugh, it feels really bad. Like it's almost like you get secondhand embarrassment. Like there's nothing worse than bad improv. It's, yeah. It's hard to watch. I I hate improving improv scenes in movies most of the time because I just don't. It seems like just write jokes, like quit improving. Improving should be a spur of the moment thing that's funny. Um, I don't even know if these were improv jokes. I just mean like it, it's it's that secondhand embarrassment and some of this movie has some really some things that I didn't think were very funny at all uh, and it goes there quite a bit and I'm just I I didn't like that but the 
the the ambition to tell a Marvel movie that's not like other Marvel movies is something that I I do appreciate. I do appreciate actually seeing her superheroes have sex. I don't yeah. think that's ever been done before, unless you're counting like Jessica Jones. Uh, I do like the diverse cast. I do like how they made a character one of the main characters gay and have that be such an important part of the story that you can't you can't remove that from from the story you know well, like, china, integral... like how china wanted to get rid of it yeah or like yeah not, i don't know if it's china but like other countries did not want that they, they chose not mm-hmm. to play the movie because disney would not get rid of that scene Just right good on disney good on disney it like they they've been skating around a gay character for so long not even in jungle cruise like they they hint that one character is gay but they never commit to it and they never do until marvel's eternals so for that i do like and i also like the fight the fighting in this movie the Mm. the action sequences are really cool i like seeing how the characters use their powers Mm. you don't like the action scenes no uh it's funny because in this year i think the action scenes in a lot of movies were not that great yeah, Shang-Chi shows you how to do action. That movie's like, this is action one-on-one, baby. This is how you this is how you do a set a set piece. Uh Eternals, not so much. I don't hate it. There's a few fight scenes that are they're okay. I think they're 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 okay. They're better than Mortal Kombat's. <laughs> um I'll say that, but no, I everything you said is true though. Uh I think it's an ambitious film. I like Chloe's out wanting to talk about these things and kind of moving away from what it means to be a Marvel film. I wish the action were better, though. Um, in my eyes, I'm like, yeah, you're not an action director. I'm sorry. Like, if you had made this movie without, if you had made this movie closer to, like, something that you've that you've made in the past, cool. I would have been done with that. If anything, all the talking scenes were way more interesting than the actual action scenes, in my opinion. And I, I actually have that criticism for another film in this list. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that the movie's awful. It's not. It's not the worst thing that Marvel's ever made by far. By far. Like, it's a, dif- it's a different Marvel movie. So it's let's a different just... Marvel movie for sure. You guys complain about Marvel films being all the same. I do too. Except now I'm saying, hey, I like this movie for being different. Why are we discouraging yes, this? Let's, yeah. That's, oh my God. I hate it. I hate it so much. That's what, that's what everybody loves to say. Everybody loves to say, this movie's predictable. This movie feels like other movies. This movie's a sequel. Sequel, especially with Marvel Hollywood stuff. Club. Yeah, especially with Marvel stuff. And I'm just like, all right, so you have something that's different. Why aren't we championing that? I'm not saying we're not saying you have to give this movie an A or a B. I mean, we're we're open to criticizing it as well, but let's not say it's the worst film because yeah. it chooses to have a conversation. Yes, the movie's not perfect, but that's okay because it's ambitious and it's trying to do things. So let's just move on. Jesus Christ. I don't understand. Not this kind yeah. of, you know, it's just like, it's just, I know I get, that's why I was, after I saw it, I'm like, I don't love this movie, but I don't want to, to join that conversation. That's just dumping on it. That you see. Worst on, Marvel on movie. I, uh, I hate how, how gleefully people go to dump on stuff. It's, oh, I hate it. <laughs> no, I a hundred percent agree. All, All right. right. Next on my list was Encanto. Oh, Okay. Did you see Encanto? I have not. Mirabel, delivery. I gave you the special since you're the only Madrigal kid with no gift. I call it the not special special since uh, you have no gift. Uh, thanks. Oh, Encanto is about a Latin American 
family. I say Latin American because they never really specify which part of Latin America they're from. Mm-hmm. But it's hinted that it could be Colombian. Mm-hmm. And this is set like before cars and stuff. It's some undisclosed time period. And there's a magical family, right? Then every new member of the family gets like a magical power, except for one. And it's kind of exploring like what it means to to be a part of a family, to like the pressures of like, oh, I have to do this for the family versus it's, this isn't really who I am. Um, so I thought it was really Really sweet, very emotional. There are parts in it where I felt very weepy. Uh, I watched it with my family when I visited oh. in in uh, thanks for Thanksgiving. So it was it was a great watch. I think the one thing that I will say about it though is why doesn't it try to be specific in who it's representing? You know, like culturally. Whereas you can have something like um, Shang Chi, which is Chinese American. You could have Coco, which is is Mexican. it Mexican or is it Mexican American? No, no, it's Mexican. Mexican. Why? Why don't they do that for for Encanto? Pretty, pretty good point. There's, I really there's I, this there's like this part of the movie where the the people of this village are kind of forced to to be refugees to escape something, but we don't really know who they are escaping from. It feels kind of like uh, generic, which I mean, maybe you could argue that it's it could apply to to many people. It could apply to refugees in general but i don't know i've i i kind of wish it was more specific i guess no fair enough i really i haven't seen it i really like the premise of focusing on a character that doesn't have a special ability in a family yes. that does i think the potential for that are a lot i, I think there's yeah. a lot of great ways you could go about it and it's it's really interesting i'm curious to see it it's a musical too it's music is done by lin-manuel miranda same yes. person who did hamilton in the heights uh, and um, Moana, I do like the music in in here. We don't talk about Bruno. It's, it was stuck in my head for a while. <laughs> uh, a movie that I watched, I don't think you have, was Venom Two. Venom. I missed Venom Two. I say either. You guys say either. I say neither. And I say neither, neither, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Ta-da! Catch up. Excuse me. Yummy. Let there be carnage. Um, come on. It's not a good movie. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, no. It's, it's not a good movie. Well, you didn't like the first Venom either. No, I did not like the first one. Uh, I, 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 I kind of like the first one. I didn't think it was a very good movie, though. I, okay, well, this is going back to what we were saying. There are bad movies that we like and good movies that we don't. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. all it's all a, it's a spectrum. Um, yeah, I, I don't like I didn't like Venom. I didn't like Venom 2. I will say the sequel is slightly better than the first one because <laughs> the, this one at least is having a bit more fun. The first one is at least I thought it was tedious, but this one is. Mm-hmm a little bit it leans into the cheesiness like they're in san francisco and there's like a part of the movie mild spoilers where venom you can see this clip on youtube where it's like venom separates from eddie for a bit and he goes to like i don't he goes to like a underground club or something and he talks about separating from eddie and it's almost like i am out of the closet and i just thought that was like really funny like it's just like it fits in with the story 
with like what he's saying fits into what he actually did with Eddie Brock. But there's a double entendre, right? Mm-hmm. For like a gay coming out story, which is not the, the the two aren't even equals, but it's done with like a sort of tongue in cheek way that I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, It's a mm. little hammy, but yeah, it's, it's just not a good movie. Do you, do you feel like uh, a gay person watching the movie might take offense to that? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Is, so. Was that something that even came across your mind? I did think about it, but in the moment, it's not because it's not clearly like he's not making fun of gay people is the thing. Like he's not making fun of the fact it's it's more of how he's just liberated from this guy who's been holding him back. I mean, you could take the same story, like that same speech and apply it to like a relationship because there's a lot of like hints that this is a rom-com, which this movie plays up. The fact that it's mm-hmm. a romantic comedy between Eddie and Venom mm-hmm. and the movie leans into that. So you could also see it as like a gay, uh, like sort of coming out of the closet. You could also see it as like, a relationship ending and this person being like, fuck them. Like I'm better without them. And the movie okay. leans in a little more into that, which is like, okay. So yeah. you're a little more aware about I, how hammy this is. Okay. Cause that, that was something I didn't like about the first movie was the, I feel like the most interesting thing about Venom is the Venom symbiote being a separate entity with, from Eddie Brock. And what does that go- relationship look like? Which they lean into the romance between the love and hate romance between Eddie and Brock. Still not a great movie, though. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm winding down. These are like my final three movies. Uh, I saw the West Side Story remake. Oh, <gasps> you saw it. Oh, with damn, it from Steven Spielberg. If you go with him, no one will ever forgive you. matters even more than love what'd you think i really like the dancing and the singing and i thought everything else was boring really (laughs) i thought it was very boring (laughs) except for the dancing and the singing i was (sighs) when they're dancing through the streets i'm like yes when they're snapping their fingers hell yeah when um maria is chatting with the guy, I don't care. I don't care at all. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it, but I don't like hearing that. There's a lot of singing and dancing though. So that's good. for for that those portions of the movie, they're just they're I I do like how it's filmed. Okay. Uh, but everything else was like, when are they gonna start singing again? <laughs> Which is a lot of people. A lot of people's like the opposite of how they feel about musicals people are like really turned off by the big numbers like there's too much singing in this movie which is like it's a fucking musical dude this that's what they do okay anything else you want to add um uh, there's like a weird thing with Ansel Elgort too like why was he in this movie well they had casted him before the news about him coming out because he was accused of sexual harassment I believe yes they had they had casted him before I think he had already filmed uh when when before those accusations had come out yeah that i think that's the one part that's not going to age well yeah and it doesn't it doesn't help that his his parts in the movie are kind of boring like, uh, like if you already don't like him you're really not going to like him in this movie damn because you're supposed to be like sympathetic he's one of the good boys but like no he's not no <laughs> 
Um, Fair but yeah, but like the other stuff is is really good. Uh, the singing and the dancing. Uh, yeah, that's they 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 try to update it to. I guess they they put in a character who's like not a cis person. I guess you mm-hmm. would say, which is interesting. And their their role in the movie is like they're kind of like in between. They want to be a shark, but they're like kind of not allowed. And then oh. the by the end, they're kind of like accepted in the group. And then the group does like a really terrible thing. That's like, why is this in the movie? I this is I, there's a point in it where I'm like, this is why 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 are we doing this gotcha. towards the end of the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's weird because you you have these characters like learn to accept this person as one of their own right before they're about to do something terrible. So yeah. it's like, okay, dang, I'm curious now. I'm really curious to see all of that. Like it, it made me like put the movie, like as when I ranked these movies, I, it made me put the West side story more towards the bottom of the list. Oh, okay. Next one. Next one for me is Spider-Man. No way home. Spider-Man. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. I have a lot to say about this movie because I love it. But I do. I do love this movie. It was my number two movie of, of the year. Ooh, okay. It's it's high up for me too. Um, it's 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 an incredible movie. We can't say too much, obviously, without. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. And the movie has a lot of surprises. It does have a lot of surprises. Um, um, I'll say this: I have not been crazy about Homecoming or Far From Home. I like Tom Holland in like Civil War and Infinity War, but in his two solo Marvel films, I've just not been crazy. Homecoming has some interesting ideas, but kind of boring. Far From Home is a little too generic for me, so I went in with low expectations. And I'll say this, I walked out loving Tom Holland. I still prefer Toby because he's my boy. He's um, the goat. I love He's the Spider-Man. hero. <laughs> <laughs> I need a hero. No, that's the wrong hero, dude. <laughs> he's, oh. Oh, you're talking about. that a hero can save us. I'm not going to stand here and wait. <laughs> no, I, Toby is still, his Spider-Man films are incredible, but No Way Home is like tough competition on them because this movie's incredible. It. I finally see Tom Holland as like being a real, true, genuine Spider-Man. The movie beats him to the ground. Like the movie, it does what I love. It beats the main character to the ground. And I love seeing it because I'm you're selling me on the fact that I'm supposed to be with this person. And most movies don't. Move, most movies put weak-ass obstacles in front of our main character. And we're just supposed to go with it. No, this movie's like, fuck you, Tom. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then throw you on the ground. And then... These other guys are going to come in and we're all going to jump you. And <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, um, I think Spider-Man is like the more relatable superhero, or at least he should be. And I, mm-hmm. I think for his previous, the previous versions of him, it's like he's part of the Avengers. He's got Iron Man watching his back. Like That's not relatable. He doesn't have to deliver pizzas to make ends meet. He doesn't have to to be spider like the, the whole like why do i want to be spider-man is not really a thing for him mm-hmm. but this movie does that this yes. movie gives you that like the the paradox of how fun and unfun it is to be spider-man yes if anything the movie tends to lean more on unfun it, oh, so, yeah. uh, being being like spider-man and i love that i love it yes yeah. 
it's uh, i think my only gripe with the movie is i wish some of the action scenes had just been a little bit better yeah i i, I think the nothing in, as far as spider-man goes nothing's gonna top the spider-man versus doc ock in spider-man 2 <laughs> no that that train scene is incredible and even the uh spider-man versus green goblin in spider-man 1 at the end where toby gets fucked up um, <laughs> yeah godspeed was... spider-man <laughs> and it's um yeah, that movie traumatized me as a kid, but it was oh, but yeah. a good traumatize. Mm -hmm. um, the movie still doesn't reach those levels, but I will say at the end of this movie, I, I'm i hopeful and I, I do want Tom Holland to come back. And it's funny, me and my sister made this joke where we just walked out and we were like in such high spirits. We were like, wow, the air just smells better, smells cleaner. <laughs> just the, the, the day just looks even brighter, like nothing's wrong with the world the pandemic's oh, over no 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 <laughs> my god i was i was into the movie but the set like going into it and leaving it i was like there's way too many people here oh yeah there's way too many people here they're not I mean, even checking for vaccines no this i wonder i want to see the spike in covid uh positive from results screen? from oh. spider-man uh well dude Jesus i'll tell you christ nobody in this household got covid so i'm uh i'm we're doing it right but we got lucky because that theater was packed yeah i've seen it twice i'm gonna go in and watch it a third time like i i've got amc <laughs> first stubs like i get right. three movies a week fuck it um there's a lot more we could talk about that movie but yeah. we will save that for another time because right now we got to get to our next movie which is well for me it was matrix resurrections matrix yes. 4 it's so easy to forget how much noise the Matrix pumps into your head. Something else makes the same kind of noise. War. And um, it is is probably my favorite movie of the year. Really? Yeah. It was it was not what I expected. Well, I, I, wish, I shouldn't say that because I went into this movie just wondering why is Lana Wachowski returning to The Matrix? Mm -hmm. Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski for years, for years, 18 years said, never doing that again, never doing it again, never doing it again, never doing it again. And then something happened in their lives where one of them did not want to return to The Matrix mm -hmm. because it was part of the, her past. And the other sister was like, this is how I get over my grief. This is returning to this world is how I can move on, you know. So did Lana say that? Yes. Lana, okay. like I have the quote here. I could I could pull for you. It's like, oh, um, here's a quote from Lana Wachowski. My dad died. Then this friend died. Then my mom died. I didn't really. Jesus Christ. Ugh, I can't even read this. You read it. I can't read this. <laughs> All right, I'll read it. My dad died. Then this friend died. Then my mom died. I didn't really know how to process that kind of grief. I hadn't experienced it that closely. You know their lives are going to end. And yet it was still really hard. My brain has always reached into my imagination. And one night I was crying and I couldn't sleep. And my brain exploded with this story. And I couldn't have my mom and dad. Yet suddenly I had Neo and Trinity arguably the two most important characters in my life. It was immediately comforting to have these two characters al alive again. And it's super simple. You can look at it and say, okay, these two people die and okay. Bring these two people back to life. And oh, doesn't that feel good? Yeah, it did. It's simple. And this is what art does. And that's what stories do. They comfort us. So like, 
like looking at it as like a personal story for for Lana Wachowski, I think is the way to to appreciate this movie. Because if you go into it looking for that mind bending action, you're gonna be disappointed. There's not like the action scenes in this movie are not like the old Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. They're more like traditional Hollywood films with like a lot of cuts, shaky cam, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the meta story of like what does the Matrix mean to me, the the author of the Matrix is kind of told in the movie in a way that's like it feels more personal rather than like, you know, w- poking the audience like and nudging them like, huh, get it, get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the way that they expanded the the world too, I was really down for like the the big concepts, the the way it will like reference parts <laughs> of the original movies, but like mm-hmm. not all the way i i was really down for that i i love this movie <laughs> okay okay so i am intrigued by this movie um i honestly out of ev- every movie that i've seen this year i really stand kind of in the middle because on one hand i really i like it on the other hand not really sure what i'm supposed to get out of it so it's not really a negative perspective of it but there are just certain things that i can see that are like oh that's weird it's I'll say this. You said it. You mentioned it earlier. I think the best parts of the movie are really the ones where towards the beginning where he's where Keanu is in therapy, um, where Neo is kind of questioning his reality and how meta the movie gets. I really dig that. That is super interesting. And the scene when he's with Neil Patrick Harris in his in his therapy room are really interesting because they work on a, on multiple levels. They work as a character thing, but they also work as like kind of a mouthpiece for Lana because some of the quotes that Keon that Neo said could totally be put are, are totally words that I believe Lana would say and that makes the movie a lot more enriching um the we the action is the weakest part of the film um the action scenes just I don't think are going to hold up as well as the it's, original. it's not as like it's not like ground bending it's like no it almost feels like you're watching some fight scenes from uh like a a TV thing, like yeah. a TV action thing. Um, but like the action was wasn't my favorite part of the Matrix in the first place. It's one of the things that I loved about it, but it wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed with the action in this movie. Um, I think the, the the one cool scene is at the very end with the motorcycle, but that's about it in terms of action. But I think the I think the fun of this movie is going to be trying to figure out all the ways it could relate to so many different things. So many different things. Like it's uh, like a social media allegory, uh, an allegory for the, your the artist's relationship with the thing it creates, it being a reflection of themselves, but it ultimately being something that that uh, controls them or has control over them. I mean, you our also, passions become our prisons. And... Yeah, you have. Uh, it talks about fandom. It literally mm-hmm. asks people, "What do they remember about the Matrix?" There's a whole conversation about that, about the original Matrix. It works on a lot of different levels, but I think there are certain things that are sloppy, um, that I just don't think should have been in the film at all. I can't spoil them. I think we'll, we'll Austin and I will talk about it, and we may put it for the podcast or something. But there are just some things where I'm like, "Yeah, I can't justify this." Like. This may have been a studio thing. This might have been a you thing, but I this shouldn't have been in it. Yeah, I do think that there is some stuff. I do think there's some stuff that COVID definitely uh, changed 
for the, for this movie. I don't know if it's COVID. I oh definitely I, COVID. COVID I, did change the direction this movie went in for sure. Okay, because they they wanted to get Hugo Weaving in for this movie, but they couldn't because of COVID. Okay, we'll see. I don't I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but he's one of the characters that I have a problem with, and there's another character that I have a other problem with. Their inclusion in the story doesn't work for me. But without spoiling it, because this movie literally just came out like six days ago or mm-hmm. six, I think like roughly six a week. So go check it out. If you've got an HBO Max subscription, go watch it. It's an I feel like movie. it's it's better for you if you are like a Matrix fan and not mm-hmm. just like, oh, I like the first one, but the sequels are terrible. Like if, if you're that kind of fan, probably not going to you're not going to like this one. <laughs> yes, 100 percent. I don't think so. I think if you're looking for incredible bullet time actions set pieces i don't know i think if you're looking for kind of what the original matrix offered you which is like a weird story a science fiction story then i think you might lean closer to this one uh, which this leans on heavily so i recommend it but again yeah watch those expectations because the movie does fuck with you intentionally yeah (laughs) I feel like uh, there's a scene when a character comes back and is just like speaking nonsense. And I watched it again with with subtitles on because you can do that with HBO Max and for Warner Brothers releases. And it it was like, oh, oh, they're predicting all the people that were upset with this movie within the (laughs) movie. (laughs) Uh, So I, I love this. I love this movie. All right. Super fun. That was our kind of list as the things that we saw in 2021 films. Um, great year, I think. Pretty good year. year. Yeah, there's the the movies. Some of the movies that I saw this year were like, man, I love movies again. You know, because the job that I have right now kind of makes me hate movies sometimes. And the movies that I really liked restored my faith in the craft of cinema. Mm hmm. Yeah, the the more time and one thing that I will miss about this year is HBO Max and the day and date release on streaming because there are some movies that I saw this year that I didn't really get all the way through, like uh, Dune or The Matrix and the ability to watch them again as soon as I go home because I'm like, what were they talking about in this scene? I put it on with the subtitles. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I'm like watching the movie again. And it's I love that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, um, day and date. I mean, that's a whole discussion in itself. I mean, seeing how that yeah. played out for Warner Brothers. But it is really nice being able to watch Dune after seeing Dune in theaters. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's I get two for one. That's not happening for 2022. We'll just have to see what Warner says about this in the future. They're not going they're not doing date and date in 2022, but they have gone down to a smaller theatrical release window. We'll see how it goes from there. 2022 is going to be an interesting year. Hopefully another banger. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for listening to us, guys. This is a long episode, but we appreciate you. Appreciate you guys listening to it. Uh, Austin, where can they find us? You can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at retrograde underscore pod. You can find us on YouTube, retrograde podcast, and as well as Facebook as retrograde podcast. Uh, We are going to be launching a patreon next year that's one of the things you, you'll you can look forward to from us and if there's any movie that we kind of talked about a little bit and you want to hear us talk more about we're thinking about making some uh, patreon episodes where we talk about current movies a modern grade 
if you will. Uh, and if, there, if that's something that you'd be interested in, let us know. You can let us know on Twitter, or you can ask us to, to get in on the Discord server where we all talk about movies there. Uh, just DM us on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll send you an invite link. Because we don't want those bots. We don't want those, those bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Austin and I have a lot of thoughts on Spider-Man and on Matrix Resurrections, but we don't want to say them. We don't want to put them out in the episode because it would be a lot longer. So maybe something that we'll just post on there. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but... hit us up. Which one do you want to hear us talk about? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Austin. All right. We will see you again in two weeks. Have a happy new year. Bye-bye.